Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. It is Wednesday, and this is Just Human number 147. And I think y'all know what we're going to talk about today. We got some news. Not exactly the news that we all were hoping to hear yesterday, but it is the news, and I'm going to try and synthesize it for you. And uh, this will probably be a little bit of a shorter show, um, maybe significantly shorter, um, as I've got a lot of work in front of me that I need to do. And I almost didn't go live today, to be quite honest. I, I almost didn't go live today because I thought, no, I need to work, and... Um, Everybody's going to be down, um, or not everybody, but a lot of people are going to be down. There's going to be a lot of black pillars and whatnot. And um, I had, I just had those thoughts. I'm like, no, just we'll just skip the show and get to work on your next Substack and go live with Patrick and all of that. And uh, sorry for sorry if I'm sniffly this morning. I have I'm having some allergies. Uh, but then I thought, no, wait because people might be down that's exactly why I should go live like that's exactly why I should go live is I should be here to try and make the best sense of it of the verdict as I can and uh I should try and offer some positivity and give my perspective and um yeah that this is all the more reason to go live so here I am um, sniffly and itchy nosed as I am this morning. Um, whatever's going on, man, apol real seriously, apologies if I'm sniffing over the mic this whole time and rubbing my nose, but, um, my, an allergy attack has, has arrived this morning. Um, so yeah, here I am and I'm not all that down. Um, as I said, by the way, this is just human number 147, and uh, thank you all for being here. Thank you for watching on DLive, on, on uh, I almost said Twitch, <laughs> on Telegram, Rumble, and Pilled. I appreciate y'all, and I appreciate all of your positivity and y'all being here for all these shows and all the support you have given me, you've been giving me over this past couple weeks as I've been covering the Durham trial. I've really enjoyed covering the Durham trial, or the Danchenko trial, and I still am very much enjoying it. UK Neil, good morning. Thank you very much for the coffee money. I appreciate it very much. Um, I've really been enjoying this, this trial and digging into these transcripts. And I've learned so much. Um, I have such a better grasp on Spygate than I did just even a month ago. Um, and I know that as as we've gone through this and I've covered, I mean, y'all know that I've, if you've been following me for a while, you know I've covered every single filing in the case. And there for a long time, especially after... July, August time frame, I was really feeling bold. I was really getting the sense that, oh, Durham has this locked up. I mean, he's got he's got Danchenko's phone records and email records. He's going to be able to show that he never got this phone call. And uh, it was in the filing that one of the motions in Limine that Danchenko never received a phone call during this time period from someone who wasn't in his contacts. So that means that 
and nobody contested, neither the defense or prosecution was contesting whether or not the call took place. They were just contesting whether or not it was anonymous, whether or not Danchenko, Danchenko actually believed that it was Sergey. And so I was really like thinking, okay, Durham's going to get this. Durham's going to get a conviction on this. And then as the trial went on, and I've read all the way up into about halfway of day four. So I'm on I'm on what happened last Friday. And last Friday is when they basically closed the case. They closed the trial out last Friday. Uh, Monday morning, they did closing arguments um, or closing presentation or whatever. And uh, then it went to the jury at lunch. So I'm about halfway through last Friday. And I think I would have voted not guilty. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like, I think the jury got this right. And I know that's probably not the most popular thing to say right now, but I have reasonable doubt. And I've been following this case as closely as anybody. And I've been reading all of this as closely, like everything. I've read everything. I've even gotten stuff the jury didn't get. Because I've read the sidebars, because the sidebars are within earshot of the uh, court reporter. So I've read the sidebars between in the preliminary stuff and the, the pre-trial stuff. And I, as, it, as it's gone on, I've been like, yeah, I, I think I would have voted not guilty, not because I didn't think, not because I think that Danchenko's some upstanding patriotic guy, or he's a good guy or something, or a white hat, or that Durham got it, not even that I think Durham got it wrong or anything like that. It's that I have reasonable doubt. And that's the measure of our justice. That's the measure of getting a criminal conviction is that it has to be the proof, the evidence, not proof, the evidence in the case has to be beyond a reasonable doubt. And if you're going to give a, if you're going to give a guilty verdict, you're going to vote guilty then it has to be evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. And I have reasonable doubts about whether or not Danchenko actually did lie about the emails and the supposed phone call and going to New York to meet Sergey Milion. Yeah, and then um, I see the comment in Rumble chat um, from Liz. Yeah, and then the other part is that Milion refused to show up. See... Million showing up would have changed everything. Million is who the lies are about or are in regards to. So, by the way, uh, Laura, 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 thank you very much for the rumble rant. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not down at all either. Um, but yeah, Million could have showed up. And he could have got on the stand and all he had to do was show his phone records from that time period and say, here you go. I never typed Dan Shingo's number into my phone. Here are my phone records. And no, I never did call Igor Danchenko and I never did arrange to meet for him, to meet with him. That's all he had to say. 
He could have got there and he could have been like, yeah, I flew into New York on my way back to uh, Mos- on my way back to Russia after I left Asia. And I was in New York on the 27th and 28th of July. And I never met with Igor Danchenko and I never made arrangements to meet with Igor Danchenko. And th- that is the guy that, that, that Igor lied about. So that's, that's what, that would have shut it down right there. And defense would have picked holes in that, I'm sure. And, um, whatnot, but that still, even if, even if, and even, yeah. And even if, um, million had done that, the question is still, did Igor Danchenko reasonably believe that he had gotten a phone call from million? Still might have had a doubt about a reasonable doubt. So, see, that's the thing. For those of us who have been paying really close attention to this, we can understand how a jury could fail to convict Danchenko because how are you going to prove... How are you going to prove that... About somebody's belief, whether or not they thought something. Or whether or not they had that impression. Yeah, genealogy girl, good morning. Yeah, with with or without Million, how do you prove whether or not Danchenko had this impression, had this belief? Rightly or wrongly, he had it. So, it's really understandable how this case did not lead to a conviction. R. Terrell, thank you very much. They ask, ever considered that this show trial was part of his plea agreement to lay the foundation? Both trials, Durham needed this and needed them for this reason. Well, I'm not sure that Danchenko has a plea agreement or something else. Um, I'm not sure of that. What I do think is that Durham did need this trial. And you, you're kind of segueing me into the point that I was going to make is that you have, you, you, um, you, you're left wondering why did Durham bring this case? Another 1001 charge. And so to figure that out, you got to say, well, what did Durham get out of the case? And he got a lot. He got a lot. So, before I get to exactly what he got out, just a quick promo. I'm still writing for Badlands Media and still contributing there. And I recently finished my Substack on day three, uh, which is the absolute behemoth. And, uh... <coughs> has tons of information tons of pieces of the transcript are in there and if you're interested in the details of this trial i am putting as much details as i can in these sub stacks and maybe at times a little bit too much detail but if you're a nerd like me and i think a lot of you are you'll be appreciating these sub stacks and so go to badlands.substack.com subscribe all of the content is free 
I'm contributing these articles to Badlands because Badlands purchased the transcripts and is allowing me to use them to write these articles. I'm very appreciative of that and really enjoying it. I'll still be writing on my own Substack, just human.substack.com. And uh, I have some ideas about what I'm going to write about next. But for now, I'm writing about these transcripts in the trial. And I have one more to do, which I am working on now. And after this show, I will get right back to it. It is the day four, um, day four Substack article, and then also we'll have the the verdict included in it. And I'm, my plan is to be done with that Thursday night or Friday morning. Probably Friday morning is when I will, uh, I will uh, publish that. In addition to this, me and Patrick Gunnels are reading these Substacks together on Badlands Media and you can go to you can search Badlands Media on Rumble make sure you hit this uh, button up here and switch to channels right here at the top you can search Badlands Media or just type in rumble.com slash c slash Badlands Media that's the URL and you can find it and Patrick and I are going through these substacks and going through the transcript together giving our commentary we're having a lot of fun doing it it's been a lot of laughs I mean we've been on this one after um was it this one october 13th or maybe i think it was this one part three i don't remember exactly we were giddy it's been so good it's been so good so um we did there we go that we did part six last night and then the night before we did part five and we've been we were laughing so hard it's been a lot of fun really enjoying it we're gonna do it again tonight 7 30 p.m eastern we'll continue going over day three and then on um, Thursday, we're going to take off. No stream on Thursday. But we'll be back on Friday and Saturday to wrap up our coverage of the Danchenko trial. Okay. What we got out of this. Here are some of the most significant notables we got out of the Denchenko case and trial. The Steele dossier and its allegations are dead. The claims were made up, and that is a matter of record now. Dolan admitted to fabricating his part, and Denchenko never met with the manager of the Ritz-Carlton. Denchenko, over the course of three and a half years as a CHS could not provide any corroboration. Furthermore, Christopher Steele, who composed the dossier, could not corroborate any piece of it, any piece of info in it, not even for a million dollars. That is full exoneration for Trump. A year after offering that $1 million to Steele, the FBI turned Danchenko against Steele and sent him back in to meet with Steele. This would be in October of 2017. The objective being to gather intel on what Steele was up to and any other useful, useful info. And 
one of the things they were worried about that time in October of 2017 is there was a lot of talk that there was going to be another Steele dossier, that Steele was going to come out with a another dossier full of all these new allegations, which he never did. But that was one of the concerns. And they used that pretext to send Danchenko back in. And Steele was not aware that at the time that Danchenko had been turned and was now working as a paid informant for the FBI. That wasn't Crossfire Hurricane or the Mueller SEO it would be at that time. That wasn't the Mueller SEO that was doing that. I mean, they were asking questions and feeding questions to uh, the handler, but remember he was being handled by someone outside of Crossfire, outside of the Mueller SEO. Next, Chuck Dolan, a Clinton crony and longtime Democrat operative since the Carter presidential campaign, was referred for an investigation thanks to information Danchenko gave the FBI. That investigation was opened and as part and as part of it, Dolan's email, phone, and social media records were obtained via search warrant. So I want to make this very clear. Early on, in, Jan- in early in 2017, this Clinton crony was referred for an investigation thanks to the information that Danchenko provided on him. Actually, it wouldn't have been, it would have been early 2018, I think. I think it would have been early 2018. Regardless, he was referred for an, F- an, for an investigation and that investigation was opened. And they got his email, phone, and social media records via search warrant. That investigation was later turned over and is now with the Durham Special Counsel. So, another way of saying this, a Clinton crony is under is a subject of an investigation by John Durham. Think about how quickly things change if all of a sudden... Durham drops an indictment of Chuck Dolan. Next, Durham put the FBI on trial via the agents he put on the stand. SIA Brian Otten was subjected to two full days of questioning. None of it friendly. We learned of the Crossfire Hurricane team and Mueller SEO failures. We also learned that Otten has been under investigation by the OIG for some time. He has been recommended for suspension for his role in the Carter Page FISA. Likewise with Special Agent Helson, Danchenko's handler, he was also forced to admit to failures. In regards to handling Danchenko, there there were also successes as far as the information he sold the FBI as a CHS. Helson is also a subject of an OIG investigation. And that's the part that we're going to be going over tonight, me and Patrick, is there's a lot about Danchenko we never knew. None of us knew. A lot. And it came out in this trial. And it makes me consider Danchenko differently. It doesn't make him a white hat to me. I'm not trying to say that at all. But it does, after listening to his handler under direct and cross, all the things he con- he conveyed about Danchenko, 
it makes me see Danchenko differently. Um, he seems to have been an intelligence agent for hire. And it seems he was hired by, he was employed by Russia, and then he was employed by Christopher Steele, and then he was employed by the FBI. And he seems to have been willing to gather and sell information to anybody. And some of that information was pretty useful. But Helson did mess up. Helson did hide things and he did, he did hide things and he did fail to do, he failed to do things that were recommended to him. And uh, because of that, he's under investigation by the OIG. Now, lastly, Durham, via the investigation and prosecution of Danchenko, obtained a large number of interviews and testimony with Spygate players, major and minor. He also got phone, email, social media, and travel records. Being that Danchenko was in direct contact with so many consequential people as relates to Spygate, I wonder what else Durham learned from such records. I mean, really think about that. Danchenko was in communication with a lot of people, and Durham got those communications. And since Dolan is a subject of the SEO's investigation now, and his communications were obtained via search warrant, Durham knows a lot about Dolan and who he's been communicating with. Something else. Y'all remember that right before this trial, Durham added, this was in early August, Durham added Adam Small to his special counsel's office. Adam Small specializes in espionage, wire fraud, money laundering, and RICO cases. Do you know who wasn't in the courtroom during the Danchenko trial? Adam Small. Why did Durham grab Adam Small and add him to his SEO in August, but then not use him as part of the Danchenko case or trial? Something else happened at the end of August, beginning of September. Durham wrapped up a uh, Durham wrapped up another grand jury. Did Durham? A lot of people assumed Adam Small was added because of the Denchenko case, but it seems to me that Adam Small might have been added because of what came out of that most recent grand jury. There's a lot, a lot of reporting going on right now that this is it for Durham. He's wrapping up another failure and he's, this is it. This is going to be it for him. He's not going to be, 
bringing any more cases. He's probably just going to be doing a report now. And after the midterms, he'll get a report, and that'll be it. Nope. Nope, I don't think so. And I, and I saw a question come up in chat, um, and I've been getting this question a lot recently, so let me go ahead and uh, pull up the... I think it's it's right here. Let me uh let me pull up the the sauce on this. You've been talking about how Durham's being blocked. Someone at Justice Department is blocking Durham from bringing the charges he needs to bring, or. He's never going to bring anything consequential with A.G. Garland there because A.G. Garland's not going to let him. Um, that's not how these things work. And if you look at the actual order that made Durham a special counsel, this is what it says. Part B and C. B says... The special counsel is authorized to investigate whether any federal official, employee, or any other person or entity violated the law in connection with the intelligence, counterintelligence, or law enforcement activities directed at the 2016 presidential campaigns, individuals associated with those campaigns, and individuals associated with the administration of President Donald J. Trump, including but not limited to Crossfire Hurricane and the investigation of Special Counsel Robert S. Mueller III. Part C. If the Special Counsel believes it is necessary and appropriate, the Special Counsel is authorized to prosecute federal crimes arising from his investigations of these matters. Nowhere in here does it say, as long as the Attorney General agrees or as long as the lawyers at DOJ agrees, or as long as the current administration supports the prosecution, Durham doesn't need anybody else's approval or authorization to prosecute crimes that he has found. None. He doesn't need anybody's approval. He can prosecute anybody he wants to. That's the whole point of being a special counsel. <laughs> That's the whole reason we have the special counsel's office as a thing is so that they can independently investigate matters and independently bring charges. That's right, Randy. And Nunez and Cash and everybody else knows that. All those other people know that. And that's right, genealogy girl. Durham's never had leaks his whole career. Durham's never had leaks. And he's not, there hasn't been any leaks about this. There hasn't been any leaks about this prosecution, uh, this case. There haven't been any leaks about the grand jury that he ran that wrapped up last month. See, that's, that's the reason that the media is writing all this stuff about how 
Durham's done. He wrapped up another invest. He wrapped up a, 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 a grand jury, but it didn't return any indictments. They're upset because Durham doesn't go to them and tell them what he's going to do. And nobody knew Chuck Dolan was under investigation for years. For years. None of us knew Chuck Dolan was under investigation. Yeah, I know who's saying he's getting blocked. I know that Nunez and um I know that Nunez says that he thinks that some he or he said it seems Nunez said it seems somebody at Justice Department is blocking Durham from bringing the charges that he needs to bring or something like that. Guys, if you haven't figured out what kayfabe is and you haven't figured out that people close to Trump are doing narrative warfare, uh catch up. Like, I mean, I don't mean any insult by that, but guys, they're doing narrative warfare. They're trying, they're trying to play things up. Like anytime, anytime they're on Fox news or any a Newsmax or wherever it's. I consider it like a I consider it like a promo trailer for a WWE cage match. Like it's like it's one of those promo posters that's like whatever on this day can so and so finally beat this person and this person is fresh out of whatever and he's known for the like it's like promotion it's it's um it's just like movie posters. They're going on TV and they're doing a three to five minute segment and they're trying to emotionally appeal and they're trying to maximize certain things and minimize other things. Um, that's why I know it's, I know it's kayfabe. I know that they're doing these promotions. I know they're doing kayfabe. Because there are these contradictions where Nunez and Cash absolutely know that Durham doesn't need anybody's approval. Yeah, Randy, it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, it's exactly, it's that. It's exactly that type of uh, type of um, approach. So when they get on and, and say stuff like this, I'm not even phased by it. I'm just like, there they go doing their promotion thing. They're not talking to me. They're not, they're not talking to me. They're not trying to convince me of anything. They're trying to talk to the normies who are still addicted to Fox News and only Fox News. So... But once you, once you know this material, once you know that Durham that what they're saying is a contradiction, you have to ask what else is going on. And when you ask what else is going on, you figure out, oh. Oh. These guys know that they're not speaking accurately, so they must have some sort of narrative about it. They're they're trying to put a narrative out there. Um, so 
There was one other thing. What was it? There was one other thing I was going to raise. Dang it. What was it? There was something else that was said about Durham. Oh, General Flynn. Kesta Long, thank you very much for the Rumble rant. That is much appreciated. I will keep I, re, I will keep spreading information and the truth is I understand it. I will. Thank you very much. Um So General Flynn made a comment that whatever Durham's reputation was before this, that's now gone. You know, so Durham had this reputation of he'd never lost a case. He'd never lost a case. He'd taken on the mafia. He'd taken on the FBI. He was known for being extremely successful with prosecutions. And so Flynn pointed out, hey, after these two failures to convict of these small people for these 1,001 charges, Durham's reputation is, is now gone. Well, that's that's right. That's right. Durham has a different reputation now. Doesn't he? Just like when a quarterback has a has a reputation of winning every game in a season and then suddenly loses two in a row, the announcers are going to be like he was the he was an undefeated quarterback all this season until now, and his undefeated status is over. A race car driver gets pole position every race until he doesn't. So when that happens, the announcers are like, he was on a streak of getting pole position for every race until now. Now and now he qualified fifth. So his reputation as being undefeated on qualifying day is gone. It's a matter of fact statement. It's true. Now, this is where my uh, my little quote I always say, understanding is greater than, greater than reacting, which is on this coffee mug, which you can get at redwhitebourbon45.com if you would like to have a coffee mug with that quote and with this skull face on it. Um, when you understand, instead of reacting, and you hear Flynn point out that Durham's reputation is gone, you got to ask why. And when you look at Durham's reputation, what it was up until now, makes you kind of wonder, did Durham lose these two cases on purpose because winning, maybe not on purpose, but what, how about this? Was winning these cases not actually Durham's primary objective? Because I don't think it was his primary objective. Guys, he didn't, he didn't even prepare the witnesses. Durham didn't even prepare the FBI witnesses. There were documents that they were shown, and Durham knew they would be shown. 
Durham knew that these FBI agents would be shown, specifically Helson and Auten. He knew that they would be shown these emails during the during cross-examination and they would be caught off guard. And he didn't prep them. He let them eat dirt. He set them up. I th- I don't think his I think his object his thing I think I think Durham's primary objective in the Sussman case. Actually, I'll back up. I think Durham's primary objective um, in the Kleinsmith case was to get Kleinsmith to give a deposition or affidavit or whatever. Was to get get Kleinsmith on the record to tell Durham under oath. There we go. I think that his objective with Kleinsmith was to get Kleinsmith to tell him under oath who told him to alter that email? Who told Kleinsmith to alter an email and hide that Carter Page was an asset so that they could get this, this FISA? And I think Durham got that as part of the plea agreement. And that's why Kleinsmith got a slap on the wrist. And I think in the Sussman case, Durham brought a simple, a simple 1001 charge of lying to the FBI so that he could tell the story of the AlphaGate hoax and fully expose it. And in the process of investigating and uh, carrying out that case in trial, he broke down attorney-client privilege and he got access to all sorts of documents and communications amongst all sorts of players. And Joffe is still under investigation by this SEO. He got Elias under oath. He got Robbie Mook under oath. And Joffe refused to refuse. Joffe played the pled the fifth. And I think that those were his primary objectives, not, not getting three years probation for lying to the FBI on Sussman. That'd have been a bonus. And then I think with Danchenko, it's similar. I think his goal was to get all of Dolan's communications and to get all of this information about what the FBI did and when they did it, all their interviews. Um, I think those were his primary objectives and he got those. And if Danchenko had been convicted, that would have been a bonus. I also am entertaining the idea that he was trying to get Sergey million to come back to the U S not sure about that, but I, I do wonder if part of the reason he indicted Danchenko for these lies about Sergey Milion that were basically impossible to prove. I wonder if that was one of the things he was hoping he would get out of that is to get Sergey Milion to come back to the U.S. so he could be arrested. I don't know that to be the case, but I'm holding that as a possibility in my mind. Now, Jason of, of TGA, thank you for the rumble rant. They ask, are the swamp conspirators whose names we now heard stuck in amber due to the exposure now? I think some are, yes. Um, Absolutely. I think Dolan is. Absolutely. Um, 
Joffe is definitely stuck in amber. I think Mark Elias is. I think members of the Crossfire Hurricane and Mueller Special Counsel are, like Brian Auten. And uh, just FYI, going into this, I was... I was... um kind of thinking of Auten as uh, I hadn't really made my mind up about Brian Auten. He'd been involved in a lot of things that, uh, you know, didn't, didn't seem that good. Um, so I've been, but I wanted to hold off, you know, it's, it's kind of like he was in the, seemed kind of easy to blame. Kind of seemed like Brian Otten was always around the wrong thing at the wrong time. And so it was easy to attribute things to him uh, just on, on association. So I was kind of, um, I was holding off on my opinion about Otten. And then through this case and finding out from the testimony that we got from Otten and through uh, looking at his emails and communications and his actions and inactions as related to this case, I've decided that Otten was not doing his job correctly that Otten was um he may not have been as directly criminal he may not have been criminal in his actions but he was not doing his duty as a good analyst and FBI agent FBI analyst and that's why he was recommended to the OIG and that's why he's been under investigation and that's why he was recommended for suspension which he has appealed. The only way, the only reason that um, Otten is still at the FBI is because he appealed his suspension. But if you've been recommended for suspension by the OIG and you're in the FBI, I'm pretty sure you're not doing any work for the FBI until that's been reviewed and you've been cleared of that suspension recommendation. So Otten's in, Otten's in big trouble. And uh, I think we're going to see him. I think we're going to see him exit the FBI pretty soon, kind of like we did with Tebow. Helson is also under investigation by the OIG, and uh, I think Hel I think Helson. And y'all can after you can read my most recent Substack or watch me and Patrick tonight. And make up your own mind based on the information that came out in the uh, in the transcript. But Helson Danchenko's handler, I kind of think he got. I don't know if starstruck is the right word for it. It's not, but I think that he got handed Danchenko, and he saw a gold mine of information and he was right danchenko was a gold mine of information and so i think that dan i think that helson purposefully didn't do what he should have done in handling danchenko in order to continue having danchenko as a source because he could get so much information out of danchenko so in other words, I think that Helson disregarded the basic things he should have done 
such as looking up the, the prior counterintelligence investigation, such as uh, polygraphing Danchenko, uh, looking into immigration status, a bunch of other things that he should have done that were you know, best practices for handling a source and were recommended to him strongly by other people in the FBI that he needed to take these steps with Danchenko because Danchenko uh, was suspected of basically just sign this selling information to the highest bidder. And that seems to have been accurate. That's what Danchenko did. But Danchenko had a lot of information on a lot of different matters. And I think Helson was just he basically said, screw procedures, screw the recommendations. I'm going to get this information from this guy because this is a big, this is a big get. And I honestly don't know whether that was the right or wrong decision. Because I'm not familiar, you know, in, we don't know the details of every case that Danchenko provided information on. So Helson, I think, I think Helson's kind of a situation where Helson should be, he did some of the wrong things and didn't take steps he should have taken and he should be uh, disciplined for that or whatever by OIG. He should be at least be reviewed by the OIG like he is being. But does that make Helson a criminal? Does that make him a bad FBI agent? I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. Otten, though, yeah, he's no good. He's no good. And like I said, I went into it open-minded. And, uh, yeah. This convinced me that Otten's not, not part of the good FBI for sure. Um, So, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not down about this trial. The only thing that is kind of uh, frustrating to me at all is all the black pillars we now have to deal with. <laughs> That's the only thing that's like, oh man, like that was my first thought. That was my first thought. And I, and I, I said it to a couple people before the verdict dropped was like, man, I hope that this comes back. I just dread. The only thing I'm dreading about a not guilty verdict is that all the black pilling and doom we're going to have to deal with for the next, next week or so. Uh, because there, there's just tons of people that that's what they do. They just want to, um, they just want to spread their misery. Oh, thanks, genealogy girl. Thank you very much. I'll check for that. I don't check my, I don't check my Twitter DMs very much because, um, well, usually they're, their junk but um i will check because that's how he's gotten in contact with me before so thank you uh philosophy dang it dang it philosophy why you gotta make such a brilliant point like that 
Ah. Dag. Dag. Gummit. Philosophy just made a great point. Uh, he says, you need doom for great kayfabe. And you're so right. You're so right. So yeah, the uh, the black pilling is all I was frustrated with, and like I said, I, from what I've seen of this trial, I would have voted not guilty. So, yeah, the black pill pharmacist, they were out. They were ready too. They were ready because that's what their mission is. That's what their that's what their mission is. That's why that's why they're around. I am new. Yeah, y'all. Someone's bringing up uh, George Papadopoulos. I'm neutral on George. I don't. I'm not. George is very gray to me. Very gray to me. Um. Really, really not, really not sure what to, uh, what to think about George. But to be fair, to be fair, there's a lot of people involved in Spygate that that's my approach to them is that I have them in the neutral category and then I balance either side and, uh, Papa D tilts Papa, Papa D tilts towards the uh sus. Very very sus. I'll say that. Very very sus. Morning mermaid Miss K. Okay. So that's that's really what I wanted to present to y'all this morning and and talk about with y'all. Um I'm glad to I'm glad to see that y'all are pretty positive. And uh I mean y'all if y'all been following me and following the details of this case, you know that Danchenko getting what? 5 five, 10 years probation wouldn't have really mattered that much. Wouldn't have really mattered that much. Yeah, Johnny, I don't think that Helson was necessarily ordered to handle Igor in the way that he did, I think that incentives were such. My read is that the incentives were set up with him so that he was, you know, he 
he handled them the way he did because that's how the incentives were. Um, there's, there was just so much information that Danchenko could provide him. And uh, I make this here. I'll go ahead and make this point. I made it in my Substack. That's right here on screen. But Helsin goes through all sorts of information that Danchenko provided. Tons of information. And at the end of it, you're left wondering, okay, I, and I posited in the Substack, how is it that Danchenko could provide all of this information on Russian intelligence assets in the U.S.? If Danchenko at one time wasn't himself some sort of Russian asset. I mean, there's just, there's just no way that Danchenko had all of this intelligence to sell the FBI unless Danchenko was at one point an asset and got flipped. So I think I think that's a big part of why Helson handled him the way he did was Helson was like screw screw the 2009 investigation screw giving this guy a uh polygraph I got to make sure I make friends with Danchenko I got to make sure that I develop some sort of level of trust so that I can get this information that this guy has. So I, I just think the incentives were such that he did that. Oh, good morning, Dwayne. Yeah, Michelle, both sides tried to play Danchenko. And there's um it's in it's in my Substack a uh this came out in the trial that there was a former US Army intelligence person who went to Helsin and told Helsin that Danchenko is a former GRU officer and you need to polygraph him. You need to vet this guy very carefully because he could play you. And Helson refused because he didn't want to spook. He didn't want to scare off Danchenko. But I think that former Army Intel person was right. I think Danchenko was an intelligence. I think Danchenko was a GRU officer. And that's why he had so much intel that he could sell. I also think it's very possible that Sergei Milion did call Danchenko. I think it's possible that Sergei did call Danchenko and did arrange to meet him in New York. And then ghosted him and sent those emails saying, who is this? What kind of person is he? I think, and I think Million did that because Million picked up on the fact that he himself 
was being looked at by the FBI at that time. And so Milian ghosted Danchenko after that. There's some, there's there's more here. There's more here in this Danchenko Milian back and forth. There's there's more going on here than what we have been informed of. There's some other piece that helps make it all you know cohesive and fit. There's something else. Um Not quite sure what it is. What I am sure, what I am sure of is that I want to, I want to program myself. I don't want to let, I don't want the media to program me with what is and what is not. I much prefer to find the information myself and consider it myself. And that's why I'm going through the transcripts, which is what I'm going to get back to now. So I know this is a short show. Apologize, apologies for that. But y'all also, I'm sure, understand because y'all know what I've been working on. So I will be live again tonight at 7.30 p.m. And me and Patrick will continue going through the testimony of um, FBI Special Agent Helson. And my plan, well, my plan is to release my last substack on the Danchenko trial on Friday morning. And that will cover day four and the verdict. So if anybody starts blackpilling you, which I'm sure you'll encounter it, feel free to grab all the points that I've made and uh, hit them with, hey, well, this is what Durham got out of this trial. This isn't this. Dolan's under investigation by the SCO. He's a subject, not just a person of interest. He's a subject, which is one step away from a target. He got he got a search warrant for all of his communications. He got he got access to all of Danchenko's communications. There's those are the things you build big cases off of. You need people's emails and phone records and travel records. It wasn't the FBI Crossfire Hurricane or Mueller's SCO who got that stuff. It was John H. Durham. And not all of those things did John H. Durham need for the prosecution of Igor Danchenko. And he added Adam Small, a RICO specialist lawyer, and financial crimes and espionage lawyer, to his team, but didn't use him for this case. And he wrapped up another grand jury last month, but he hasn't announced any charges of it. So Durham's far from done. He's far from done. And nobody at DOJ can block any indictment that he comes up with. That's the whole purpose of an SCO is that you don't need the approval of anybody in the administration to drop an indictment. So y'all watch out for those black pillars and try and protect your friends and family from the black pillars by giving them good information. So God bless each and every one of you. I really appreciate y'all support. You've been amazing. And I've really loved digging into this trial and uh, I will continue it and finish all of my trial coverage as far as substacks and streams about it should be done by Saturday night. That's my plan. So God bless each and every one of you. Remember, we're not going to win every battle. Obviously, we didn't win this last one, apparently. Apparently, maybe we actually did. And it's not 
it's not, you know, perfectly obvious. But we are going to win this war. I'll see you.